happen right now with one lap to go. They work their way out of turn four as they come to the line. Craig with a half car length lead with the white flag out. White flag in the air. Bubba Pollard, Matt Craig side by side of the race lead. Contact at a turn number two. Craig pinches Pollard down. Pollard up the racetrack. Craig spins and Bubba Pollard is going to win the race face. Telmed 300 over Matt Craig. Craig will cross the line unofficially in about the third or fourth spot. But what a race and what a finish. The fist pump from Bubba Pollard. We've been fighting this, just the whole program, uh, every car. And we've been working hard to try to figure something out to get better. And uh, I think we slowed down. And uh, we, we put back on the car what we run uh, two years ago. And uh, hell, she's sitting in victory lane now. So it uh, must not be too bad. We'll just stick with it. Uh, let's make some tweaks on it, but I think it's good. Uh, we learned a lot yesterday, really, at the final final practice there that, um, you know, let us say light went off in our head and what we've been doing wrong. So I just uh, can't think of all my guys enough. Harrisonsworkwear.com, Mr. Harrison, um, a heck of a man to, to be able to support me. So everyone get online, check them out. Uh, TM Ranch, uh, Strange Oval, Factor Canopies, Seneca Performance, Studio 10, Racing Radios, um, Tilton, Hyperco, uh, Everyone on the side of this race car, Tiger rear ends, car. Four, Corey Heim, he has been dominant in the final half of this one. After a great run last week, well, he had a point to prove here tonight. Nearly three seconds out in front of the field, Corey Heim will work his way off turn four, and for the first time in his late model stock career, Heim will win at the Hickory Motor Speedway. The race face, Telmed 300 goes to Corey Heim. Second, a career best run for Gage Painter, Nolan Pope, Jared Fryer, and Lane Riggs finish out the field. We're going to talk to Corey Heim. To my knowledge, the first driver to double up and win a late model stock and a super late model race in the Cars Tour. We'll talk to him here in just a moment. Um, you know, I think our main goal is just to ride like top five all night, and uh, that's pretty much what we did. I think our worst was third right there, and um, man, just I really thought I had a really, really good car, and if I could control the race, I felt I had a really good feeling that we were gonna be really good there for the end. So I just got out front and just controlled the race from there, and that, you know, that restart was close there, but uh, I think we're just taking it one race at a time. Obviously, didn't have a great show in Southern National, and. Kind of a heartbreaker there at Ace, but you know, to come back and get redemption here tonight is just a really great feeling, and can't thank everyone. We've won performance enough, they do such a great job. Just hanging out at the Range 22 Productions Recording Studio in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, just after a hot race weekend on the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour, uh, Danny Willard, race director, is joining us from the hot seat because he was in the hot seat this past weekend, two weeks in a row. Danny, welcome to the hot seat, the post-race show, uh, podcast, whatever you want to call it, for the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. Uh, we got a lot to cover today. We had super late models and late models at the Hickory Motor Speedway. The Race Face Telmed 300 presented by the Clower Construction at the Hickory Motor Speedway located in Newton, North Carolina. Everybody thinks it's in Hickory. No, it's in Newton. Can you say Newton? Newton. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, uh, welcome. Uh, appreciate you hanging out with us here at the Race 22 Productions Recording Studio in Winston-Salem. Uh, in the hot seat again, brother. What do you think? Oh, another great weekend at the racetrack. Uh, and I can't beat uh, being at the racetrack with the Cars Tour. Uh, nothing better. I just... Uh, uh, miss the fans. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I wanted to uh, comment on first. Um, been at tracks where I've been disappointed to see, you know, big blotches of, of concrete or seats, you know, where I felt like, man, we should have more fans here. But there were fans there, you know. This is the first time where fans were, I, I've done a race, worked a race, where their fans were not allowed. And yeah, 
This My goodness, yeah, well. that was just strange, wasn't it? That was it was sad. <laughs> yeah. It was, and and the drivers felt that. A lot of them just talked. You know, man, it's it's a different atmosphere. It's a different vibe. You know, because they, you know, a lot of them talked about it. You know, they get hyped up. You know, they they feel that energy and they need that. So thank goodness for CarsTour.tv and PitRow.tv. Tony Stevens had Mark Garrow, veteran broadcaster. Uh, up in the booth with him and a veteran pit road reporter, Derek Pernasiglio. Oh, I've been practicing all week. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, veteran pit reporter and broadcaster, TV and radio. Um, both of them, um, as well as Tony. Uh, about it at, the, at this stage, what the heck. Um, fantastic broadcast. Fantastic broadcast. Uh, captured all the action. Uh, there was no question about what happened because they captured it all. They did a fantastic job. And uh, were, were you positioned, were you able to utilize the um, uh, instant replay? No. Uh, the instant replay was down there uh, where they were broadcasting from, which was downstairs. Uh, so was it close by? I never had a chance to uh, use it this Saturday. Okay. really didn't uh, run into a situation where we uh, – Okay. It, so, uh. All right, pay attention, kids, because this question, there might be a test later because this question might come up later, okay, kids? All right, the race this past weekend. I know where you're going with that, but yeah, we're good. All right, this race this past weekend, the race phase Telmed 300, presented by Clower Construction. Now, you know, the fans, uh, you know, by our awesome governor, uh, no fans were allowed. Now, think about this, uh, folks. The Race Face Tailmed 300 presented by Clover Construction. Those folks paid, you know, sponsorship for this uh, race, as well as you know the sponsors on the cars paid, you know, for the cars to be on the race. They couldn't be there either. You know, that's that's when it really hit me. You know, it's bad enough the fans right. can't be there, but man, I, you know, when I was talking to uh, Craig Moore, that's when he was, you know, it really set in when I was talking to Craig. And he had all these folks that were wanting to be there, so he was making sure they know where to get the uh, cars tour.tv and the pit TV. And I thought, man, that, that's when it really hit me. You know, these folks are paying, you know, money to get these cars on the track, and, and it's hard for these guys to get that money, and, and it's hard for the tracks to, to get that track money. And the sponsors in the, the series, you know, the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour, you know, Kirk Ipock, you know, man, we sure do appreciate his involvement in short track racing. He was there you know, running around the pits. And, man, he was having a ball. He was having a great time. Um, so we certainly appreciate him so much. He is such an awesome guy. Yes, but, you know, when we think about that, you know, that that's, that really hit home with me. And, and, and I just feel bad for these guys that, that are wanting to get involved in racing um, when it's really hard to pull these sponsors and they're forking over these dollars and they, they can't be there to enjoy it. But at least, you know, like we said, they could enjoy it on CarsTour.tv and PitRow.tv with Tony, Mark, and uh, Derek this past weekend. Uh, both races, super late models and late model stock cars, both were uh, 150 laps. Uh, uh, for the super late models, it was uh, race number two. And the late model stock cars, it was race number three. Uh, last weekend, the late model stock cars raced at A Speedway, another wow Wow, 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 what a race. So we were expecting nothing less uh, as we uh, got through practice. Uh, the guy that was winning uh, last week, you know, a photo finish was fastest on final practice on Friday. So everybody's getting on edge, man. What we got to do to beat this kid? He's been hot. He's won two races at Hickory, two races on uh, regular racing on the, at, at Ace, and then won his first tour race at uh, – you know, with us, so, man, everybody thought, here we go, we're going to be chasing this kid again, so, um, you know, as we approached um, Hickory, Danny, uh, what was your thoughts, you know, you know, with all the fans aside, and, and coming off that race with the late model stocks, now you add the super late models, how does that make your job uh, harder? Well, I guess it makes it double, uh, you know, because you got two divisions to look after, and, you know, you treat both of them the same, don't get me wrong, but, um it just doubles uh, your duties for today, but uh, you know I was up for the challenge. Got a great team there in place, so uh, just business as usual. Now, when you have a drivers meeting, you got two different classes under one, you know, one uh, tour. There you go, uh, the Solid Rock Carry right. Score Tour. Um, uh, do you have two different uh, drivers meeting or just one? No, just one. Just one covers both divisions. Okay. 
All right. So uh, one thing I do want to touch on real quick uh, during the driver's meeting, Mr. McNally announced during the driver's meeting, uh, and it was uh, quoted verbatim exactly what he said during the driver's meeting on race day live coverage on race22.com by uh, Brandon White, who is a fantastic writer for race22.com, a brilliant young writer. He announced that during the driver's meeting that a member of one of the teams tested positive for COVID-19 on Tuesday, June 9th. McNally does not believe this member contracted COVID-19 at ACE, but he is advising everyone to stay vigilant and to keep social distancing and use masks. And that's all that was said. That is verbatim what Mr. McNally said during the driver's meeting. He didn't say somebody he didn't say somebody from a team caught it at ACE. He didn't say he was at ACE spreading it everywhere. And I want to add this. The incubation period for COVID-19, which is the time between exposure to the virus becoming infected and the symptom onset is on average five to six days. However, can also be up to 14 days during this period, also known as the pre-symptomatic period. Some infected persons can be contagious. Therefore, transmission from the pre-symptomatic case can occur before symptom onset. All right, that's a disclaimer. Okay, so for the folks that went on the racing sites and blew it up and twisted around, Brandon White did not say anything else outside of what exactly Mr. McNally said. So I just want to put that to rest, okay? That's all I want to say about that. Now, let's get to the racing. Uh, qualifying, the super late models, of course, uh, blistered the racetrack. Uh, Trevor Knowles in that uh, good-looking 22 car. Uh, the car is maintained, uh, what, in Oklahoma? Um, uh, Trevor's Johnny from, Wilson. Yeah, Mr. Wilson. Man, he's a cool uh-huh. cat, man. He's got the drivers <laughs> that race. He raced down at uh, Speed Fest down in Florida, and he's got cars that run all over the East Coast or uh, the, the uh, Midwest, and he, he gets his cars over here and races with the Cars Tour, and we certainly appreciate that. He raced. Uh, Donnie actually raced in the um, um, throwback in the late model stock car race last year and ran very well, ran up front for a while. So it was awesome to see him participate. He could still get her done and had a fast car for Trevor. Trevor set, Trevor <laughs> set fast time at 14.730 and uh, had a pretty fast piece over there. So uh, they lined them up and racked them up and off they went on a very hot, hot, hot day. And a lot of guys, you know, pre-race and after practice, they were talking about a, a, a different tire. Um, and they were talking about maybe it was f- from a different mold or different uh, construction. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Can you share with us um, what they were talking about, possibly? Uh, not really. You know, I know, uh, being, a, <laughs> being an ex-driver from years ago, I know that sometimes, you know, you feel like you, you're getting a, something a little different than what you're used to, even though it's got the same numbers on it, same right. compound, supposedly. Right. So sometimes, you know, a newer and an older tire, you know, where it's been sitting uh, can vary a little bit. That's from past experience, you know, and I'm sure that's still, uh, you know, it's the same way it goes today. Uh, I haven't been in race cars since 2012, so, you know, I don't think things are have changed a lot because the tires are still black and round. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, um, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, you get a little different feel, maybe a sidewall or something or side bite or something. You might uh, feel something a little different sometimes. But overall, you know, we're running the same compound and everybody was on the same tire. Yeah, and, and you know, they kind of jumped out there. And, of course, everybody wanted to see if uh, Matt Craig was going to jump out there and be the rabbit. And, of course, he was and, and set the pace <laughs> yeah. for a while. And, and there was some comers and goers. And, of course, Nolan Pope was in the super late model and the uh, late model stock car race. And uh, young Cody Connor was uh, in the super late model race. And uh, he, he showed he showed out a little bit in the super late model race. Had a, a pretty good uh, run towards the front there for a little bit. And Sammy Smith, who ran who broke into late model racing with us last year at a Speedway, now running super late models mostly. Uh, with the um, Rowdy Motorsports thing. <laughs> Rowdy, there you go. Rowdy Motorsports. I drew a blank airport. Yeah, Rowdy. Yeah, yeah Rowdy Motorsports <laughs> and doing real good. Uh, one, uh, one of the races down at Speed Fest down in uh, Florida. Uh, Jake Crum, uh, lots of races there at uh, 
uh, Hickory Motor Speedway. Um, and through the course of the race, you know, they, you know, the super late models, they'll get out there and find the patch of real estate and they'll cruise around for a little bit. You know, they, they had a couple, they had what, one or two um, of the uh, competition costumes before they really got racy. The uh, sleepers, I believe we made the, we had two competitions. Okay. We made it to the first two in the sleeper, the first race. Okay. And um, nothing, you know, no really bang-ups. All the cars were fairly clean. Um, and then uh, right about halfway or just before halfway, Tyler Church, boy, he started using that outside groove. Uh, not a sponsor, not a lick, a, a lettering on that race car. Uh, former um, uh, super late model champion in another division, another touring series, and uh, lots of laps around Hickory and limited and late model and super late models. Man, I thought he was going to go up there and pass them all. He was on his way. Yeah, Tyler, great guy. I've known him for a long time back in my days at racing Hickory and everything. I watched him come up, you know, through the years. He's really tough competitor. He just, he just, he's been having a lot of bad luck over the last year. He's got to change sometime. Yeah, and we had a um, young racer out of Georgia, I think for the very first time, racing with us at um, uh, the Hickory Motor Speedway, Jake Garcia. Very impressive, very sharp young racer. Um, was uh, you know racing mid-pack and then started coming on strong towards the end. Um, Carson Quaffle came on strong at the very end. Um, and then, you know, as always, Matt Craig, he uh, you know dominated most of the race. And then everybody's starting to think, okay, where's he at? Where's he at? And then you get towards the <laughs> final stages of the race, and everybody's looking for that white 26. And sure enough, here it comes. Starts edging up, edging up. Was that not a pretty exciting final 25, you know, 15, 10 laps? Well, if you sit there and watch the race from start to finish, and, and you know, Matt, you know, Matt Craig, he's going to jump up front, and he's going to run wide open, hard as he can. That's just the way Matt Craig is. And if you sit there and watch everything play out, you had a couple of guys, you know, that qualified real good that fell back. You know, Justin Kreider, I mean, uh, local guy there, qualified, started fifth, I believe, you know, and, uh, you know, he started to fade some. Uh, and then you watched uh, people like Bubba. You know, you start watching him slowly put himself in position, and then you get down to 25 to go, and here he comes. And, you know, I could see it start playing out, and if you <laughs> watched the race closely, you knew he was probably going to get there at the end and make it interesting. Coming down to the final couple laps, man, they got there nose to nose, and uh, he put the pressure on him and uh, pushed him up to the high side. And that final lap, man, was that was very exciting. And, and I think, yes, it was. Uh, for the most part, uh, Craig was pretty much out of control from the time he left uh, second, uh, the second turn all the way until he spun out. Um, so He did a great job. He did a great <laughs> job all the way down the back stretch. He sure did. He was going to stay as try to uh, stay close to, to, to uh, Bubba just in case they did touch. So it would have been, you know, spinning, you know, drifting, whatever it took to get to the line first if they uh, both touched, that's for sure. But, oh, uh, yeah, they went into three side by side. And I uh, didn't know how this thing was going to play out out of turn four. But, uh, you know, uh, they both made to the center of the turn, uh, did a great job, both drivers. But, you know, a lot of talent there, a lot of respect for both those gentlemen. Uh, Matt's just didn't stick, and Bubba's did. Yeah, and uh, from my location, I was right at the start-finish line, and I was filming uh, just to get some video, uh, Daniel was right in three and four, so we both got different angles. And from where I was at, I couldn't tell if they touched or not. And uh, Tony's crew got a fantastic angle where it showed where they didn't even touch at all. If they did, it was already after he, uh, Craig had spun. Derek caught it with um, Craig said, yep, he was pretty much out of control all the way down the backstretch. It was good hard racing. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I had a good lead going, and then my car just, you know, uh, worked in a little free and then uh, just kind of losing a little bit of pace to Bubba and the lap cars I kind of got held up by a couple you know I wanted the top but they gave me they gave me the I wanted the top but they gave me the bottom so I had to work around those guys and my car was just fading to the loose side uh, but you know coming off of two on the white flag lap I just I think I grabbed a little bit too much throttle and I got a little loose and I bumped into Bubba and I was just kind of out of control to hold back straight away ended up spinning out in three and four but uh, it was a good hard race I mean I don't think it was fair play for Bubba. I don't think Bubba did anything. I think I just grabbed a little bit too much throttle off of two and just 
got it too loose and bounced off above it down the back straightaway, and then my car was just out of control kind of all the way into three. He, he was, you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, he, like I said, Matt, he's a great driver, you know, our champion from last year, and Bubba, I mean, we know Bubba's multi, you know, multi-wins and talents and wins a little bit everywhere, and not saying Matt hasn't won at other tracks as well, but uh, you couldn't ask for a better finish out of two powerhouses there on the last lap, I mean, I mean, and Matt did recover and get a third-place finish out of the deal, so... You know, not too bad, but not what he wanted, I'm sure. Yeah, that's, that's very smart of him to, to have the wherewithal to keep trying to start it and, and head towards the, the start-finish line to uh, salvage a top-three finish. And in victory lane, uh, Tony did the victory lane and uh, asked, you know, Bubba several questions, but one I thought was interesting, you know, Bubba's been you know, not racing as much. You know, he has, he's got a second little daughter now. He had both daughters. His wife was there with him this weekend, and it was really neat to see him be dad. You know, during the late model race when they were practicing, he's over there with his family. Um, uh, I think them the, the daughters are going to soften him up a little bit, maybe. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe just a little bit. We'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was neat to see him over there playing uh, playing dad. So, um, but uh, uh, Tony asked uh, Mr. Pollard, said, "Have you got that thing dialed back in yet?" We've been fighting this just the whole program, uh, every car and. We've been working hard to try to figure something out to get better, and uh, I think we've slowed down. And uh, we, we put back on the car what we run uh, two years ago, and uh, hell, she's sitting in victory lane now. So it uh, must not be too bad. We'll just stick with it. Uh, let's make some tweaks on it, but I think it's good. Uh, we learned a lot yesterday, really, at the final final practice there that, um, you know, let us say light went off in our head and what we've been doing wrong. So I just uh, can't think of all my guys enough. Harrison's Workwear.com, Mr. Harrison. Um, heck of a man to, to be able to support me so everyone get online check them out uh tm ranch uh strange oval factory canopies seneca performance studio 10 racing radios um tilton hyperco um everyone on the side of this race car tiger rear ends car series for putting this on and uh get ready to go hp uh elite performance engines uh give me a heck of a heck of a motor so uh just takes a whole group effort and i got that i got those guys with me Bubba, you you can tell, you know, just looking at the practice sheets, you know, round one, round two, you know, he was struggling just a little bit round one, and they were working hard. They made several adjustments, you know, down there. We could see him working on the car from the tower. And uh, right there towards the end of the second practice, uh, well, really the whole second practice, he was a lot better. And I think he, he found his uh, comfort zone. And uh, uh, then when he went out to qualify, everybody knew, you know, he was probably going to be just fine because he qualified, you know, uh, I can't remember where he qualified, third, I believe, third. And uh, then he rode his race out, and uh, I guess like a David Pearson would. Yeah. If, uh, us old-school guys, you know, he sat there and rode it out and put himself in you know, position patiently, and then there at the end of the race he was in position. So, you know, uh, kind of typical bubble Pollard racing. Yep, and uh, when he spent more time there under the car, that's probably when they found what they were doing wrong. Said, "Ah, this is what this is what we found," and and got her oh, corrected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the light bulb went off. There you go. But uh, of course, Bubba Pollard was your winner this past uh, Saturday night with the Super Late Models with the uh, Race Face Tailman 300 presented by Clover Construction and Hickory Motor Speedway for the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. Um, Chandler Smith. Uh, did finish second. Craig salvaged, uh, Matt Craig salvaged a, a third place finish. Carson Quaffle f- finished fourth. Cody Connor finished fifth. Nolan Pope sixth. Sammy Smith finished seventh. Trevor Knowles finished eighth. Jake Garcia, a uh, nice top ten finish, finished ninth. Jake Crum finished tenth. Uh, Harrison Hadler finished eleventh. Uh, that was the last car on the lead lap. Hudson Hadler finished twelfth. Jeff Batten finished thirteenth. Justin Kreider finished fourteenth. Jeremy Barclay finished 15th, and the only car that DNF was Tyler Church, uh, finished 16th, and I didn't get a chance to speak with him. Um, I didn't find out what happened, what was uh, going wrong with this car, but uh, man, he had that thing rolling on the top side. I hate he had some trouble there. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it was mechanical. Uh, that's all I know on the Tyler. That's the uh, only information I have on that one. Okay. All right, we're joined by Danny Willard, race director for the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour this past weekend at the Race Face Tailman 300, presented by Clower Construction at Hickory Motor Speedway in Newton, North Carolina. And we're 
recording here at the Race 22 Production Studios in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about some late model stock car racing action. And boy, they did not disappoint. Awesome race. Uh, great field of cars again. Uh, 25 strong. A uh, lot of passing, which Hickory Motor Speedway produces a lot of passing always. I mean, inside, outside, jockeying for position, a lot of rubbing, uh, banging, uh, you know, exactly what you want to see in a Cars Tour race at Hickory Motor Speedway. Yeah, it was um, it was some good racing. It was a, a purist race. Uh, 25 strong, uh, got in line for qualifying, and it was Corey Heim set to fast time. Danny, what uh, were they close to the uh, track record? Uh, they were knocking on it, but no track record. Uh, Corey turned to 14.961. Very okay. respectful time, but uh, no track record. Especially, but, you know, they, yeah, they qualified in the heat yeah. of the day, just like the Super Late models. Yes, they, were they did. Both uh, divisions, just you know, a little over two and a half tenths, both of them off uh, each division's uh, respective uh, track uh, uh, record for the uh, division. So that's pretty pretty respectful in the heat of the day in qualifying. So. Uh, he was pretty excited. I know Lee was pretty excited, and um, all of those folks there um, felt like he had a good car, so I'd say he did. That was some stout field of cars there. Yeah, uh, it really was. I mean, you know, that's two weeks in a row we've had a very, very strong field of late model stocks. Uh, you know, uh, pretty much uh, I think we had uh, 28 last week at Ace. We had 25 at Hickory. Uh both fields very talented, and uh, qualifying results a little mixed up, you know, a little bit from uh, last week at Ace. We had a couple guys that uh, weren't at the top that were last week, and some moved up. So that's what uh, the car store is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Chad McCombie, you know, qualified well. It's good to see him show the speed that I know that uh, that team has. And uh, how about Sam Butler? Uh, out of uh, Indiana, very impressive. Delphi, Indiana. Yeah, very impressive. Holy moly! You know that car is a Zach Bruinger car, and uh, they're working and racing out of the uh, Performance Racing Warehouse uh, there with Roger Johnson, and uh, that's a PRW chassis. And uh, you know Zach's a new daddy. He's that ba- he's almost a year now. The, the, the his baby, um, but uh, uh, Zach's you know got the crew and they're working on that car for that young man and. Holy cow, was that kid impressive or what? Uh, that kid, uh, man, I, I, he wowed me. I ain't going to lie. He, yeah. <laughs> that kid was he impressive. He qualified fifth. I mean, he, he started qualified fifth, top five. If I'm looking five. at my notes correctly, I mean, qualified great. He showed speed and, and every strong. practice. Every practice showed speed and ran amongst the top ten all race long. And Yes, uh, he did. I mean, he was in the hunt. I mean, top ten. You know, the whole race long, and I think he ended up just right outside the top 10 11th, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where Sam ended up. But, I mean, very respectful, you know, uh, respectful run for uh, first time out with the car store. Absolutely. So, hopefully I'll see him again uh, run with uh, some of these other places. So, um, but, yeah, the course of the race uh, was kind of kind of unique for Hickory. Um, lots of side-by-side racing, not just at the end, throughout the most of the race. Uh, so that that puts you on your edge of your seat, see him earlier in the race, running side by side throughout the field, testing the waters early out there. That's a lot of rubbing. I mean, which that Hickory does produce a lot of uh, tight quarters racing where there's a lot of rubbing and you know tire marks on the side and slipping up and getting to the wall. Sometimes you know it's just uh, that's what Hickory's all about. I mean, it's a wore out track. I mean, which that's that's where you know. Uh, <laughs> that produces great racing. I mean, let's let's you know, yeah. let's be honest here. You know, these little war, worn out short <laughs> tracks is where the racing really is. And 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 most of the time, every time we go to a track, it's you know tire management and you know uh, uh, you got to be in the right place at the right time. You've got to know when to hold them and to fold them. I guess is uh, yeah. the way everything works with the car store. I mean, because there were several guys that were trying to you know ride it out, as you could tell, because we had a couple of players that came on at the end that did the same thing last week week at ace you know i'm not gonna say they run out of time but they both you know a couple guys will bring up you know um you know uh pope and fryer and i just like last week they yeah. were there at the end you know both had a great run but uh um 
Craig Moore. Craig Moore was up front with. Oh my uh, goodness! Riggs I was Millington. so tickled for him. He had, he has had such good performance and speed in every place, including Martinsville, has showed a lot of speed and yeah. in, in, with the best of of of, of the competition that, that's thrown at him, but has had no luck. I mean, some of the things that have broken, I have nobody's ever seen happen at a racetrack. So it was awesome to see he and Corey were the only two sub 15 second lap in qualifying. So that was very awesome to see for him. And um, uh, just seeing lots of people on social media just really light him up and just so happy to see him uh, have a good race and qualify well. So, so happy to see him have um, lots of folks cheering him on and things like that. So that was really awesome and uh, to see and uh, glad to see him have some success. And, boy, I thought he was going to come on strong because he learned his lesson last year because he had uh, the um, – throwback race in the bag or so we thought <laughs> yeah he so said he, he learned his I mean, lesson <laughs> yeah when i went to it, see you know, him at hickory as the first thing he wanted to talk about <laughs> <laughs> you know he's he's really gotten adapted well to hickory i yeah. mean you know yeah. i mean you know i guess you know I'll, you know last couple of races you know we ran a hickory craig's really um seemed to find a real good line for himself up yeah. there and uh seems to be really strong every time we go up there now yeah and he is running a limited schedule this year and um, that is his brand new car that uh, he ran at uh, hickory's past weekend and uh, boy he said he likes he said he you know now that he's been running that new car when he is racing he said gosh man i hate that i wasted all that time with that old car he said you know but now hindsight's 2020 but uh, i could tell he had a pep in his steps i was real tickled for him but uh, um, qualified well looked really good you know tried to you know let that pace go, and I noticed that you know early on he let some cars go and just tried to race his race. And um, some of them young kids, boy, they were wanting to play rabbit and run that high side and uh, try to force the issue and, and try to make other people wear their tires out if their car wasn't handling as good. I thought that was pretty neat if you were catching that. Uh, you know, Corey uh, talked with him uh, after the race, and uh, you know he told me you know most of the time he tries to find a, a spot wherever he qualifies and rides and then tries to get to the top uh to the front and he said that never worked so he said he wanted to get to the front fast and by qualifying up front you know you know check that off his bucket list and he said he's going to stay there so um that was a different strategy um so that means he had to push the car so that's where they uh, they came up and tested several weeks ago and worked on nothing but uh race setup race setup race setup and the speed came you know you know came along with that so um they had that thing hooked up yes they did they were hooked up i mean it's kind of changed up the hickory you know some of the guys they'll like to ride but i noticed like last year uh when taylor gray which he wasn't with us this weekend but last year he kind of did the same thing he got to the front and took off and i guess it's one of those things now where if you you try to run away and get a big enough lead, and when your stuff's wore out, theirs will be wore out too, so they right. won't catch you. <laughs> so yeah. I guess that's kind of the new thing at Hickory now. I mean, that's what it looks like because that's what Corey Hine did Saturday night. Yeah, I guess it's it's, it's a mathematical thing. You know, when you think about it, um, if you run out there and put a gap on, and then if your tires wear out at the same time and you run the same speed, then they can't catch you, right? Is that is that kind right, of like a right. mathematical that, thing? I think that's what. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't too good at math. Dot plus dot equals dot. <laughs> yeah, dot plus dot. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> All right. So through the course of the race, uh, it's you know every time well, we had a caution, we had a competition caution once or twice. I think we had it once. Once we did, and we never made to the. We well, we did have two. We yeah. did have two competition yellows. I mean, it got broke up. They wasn't back-to-back, you know, 40 and then right. lap 80. We had a caution in between there, which kind of got it staggered to uh, further in the run. Late, I yeah. believe we made it to lap 99, I believe. That's when the second one happened. Right. And then uh, everybody uh, on the restarts, including Corey, chose the top uh, on the restarts, which, you know, usually on a uh, Saturday night, everybody chooses the bottom um, on the restart. So um thought that was yeah. interesting. I think – yeah, I think he knew what he had and knew where he needed to be, and he done, you know, you know, uh, planned it out. He and his spotter had a plan, and uh, they knew where that car needed to be, and so uh, looks like they made the right move. 
And as far as leaders, you know, it was just the 99 of um, Lane Riggs and Corey. So, they, you know, they swapped it two or three times. Um, and then Lane's car kind of went away. So he had to run a certain line uh, there for a while that kind of um, bottled up the field for a little bit to where folks really couldn't get a run on him. And uh, did you get any win? Did that really upset anybody? Did uh, anybody approach uh, Lane that was aggravated? Uh, after the race, uh, after the race, I think I, I didn't see it, but I, I think uh, Craig Moore and uh, Riggs had a discussion, okay. talking about how how they raced each other. I guess you know okay. I, I did not go over and talk to those two guys, uh, but I did hear there was a conversation about possibly, you know, how they raced each other on the track, you know, it was, you know, they were, there was a lot of rubbing in the top five, I'm not right. going to lie, I mean, that, you know, Ticker Motor Speedway, a lot of slipping and sliding, so, uh, but uh, uh, other than that, you know, uh, other than what happened there at the end, you now, know, with, uh, when, from your seat as a race director, when you see a car, even though he's in position, um, and he's obviously uh, handling bad, ill handling, and he, you know, not, and I'm not just picking on Lane, but um, if it appears that a car is uh, jamming up the field and the leader's getting away, should the race director intervene? No, uh, I mean it's your responsibility to pass the race. I mean if you're racing for position. I mean, you know, if you're not a lap car, I mean, I, nothing I can do about it. I mean, you're racing for position. It's that guy's responsibility to get around that race car and, and pass him, whether it be inside or outside. And, I mean, you know, Rubin's racing. We all know that. I mean, wrecking is not. So, I mean, that's 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 the way, you know, you got to look at it. I mean, um, you know, I'm not going to sit there if a guy's, you know, running second place and jamming up the field or whatever. I mean, he's second place car. I mean, it's the guy in third to, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth to figure out how to get around him. So, I mean, that's racing. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's why it's called racing. <laughs> there you go. All right, now uh, as we get later into the race, um, the good old 15 starts <laughs> making his way. Yeah. Everybody's watching him, you know. Everybody's lighting up Twitter, uh, watching the um, the 15 of Ryan Millington, and he is making his way, and he is uh, in a hurry, and he's uh, knocking on the doors as he goes through, and he's uh, doing a little moving, um, but, uh, you know, just enough. Uh, you know, there's no, um, you know, when he got around uh, Bobby um, McCarty, you know, the 22 machine, I thought, oh, boy, let's see what happens around here, but they raced each other hard and, you know, pretty clean. Uh, Bobby didn't have the best handling car, and he just held on to position the best he could, and and, and you know got the best finish he could. Um, not his uh, most favorite day at the races, but uh, he uh, pulled it out, uh, top ten finish, um, and uh, move on to the next one. He uh, he worked hard for that top ten. I don't think his car was uh, handling to the best, so he had to work hard for that. But um, uh, Ryan come working through there and gets behind the 99 and. Uh, and everybody has got their eyes on him, including all the cameras that are uh, in a hand uh, that uh, as part of the media and everybody in attendance uh, that's there, that is allowed to be there. And I know the race director. I know him pretty well. His name's Danny Willard. Uh, he is joining mm -hmm. us here to race 22 <laughs> Productions Recording Studio in Winston-Salem. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. Late model stock car race uh, when the uh, 15 come racing by the uh, 99. They raced hard and wiggle, wiggle, kabump, kabump, and the 15 gets by. And lo and behold, three quarters of a lap later, contact square in the, in the rear end. And the, nine, and the 15 goes sliding by. What, what, uh, what kind well, of call should the race director make? Well, first of all, the race director has to see what happened, and 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 I didn't see what happened on this one. Um, and and I was looking at another battle that was going on in the middle of the field. I'm being totally honest here. I mean, you know, I did see the 15 come up 
you know, when he was making his way up to the top five, I did see him passing cars. And like I said, you know, before they were they were racing each other pretty hard. There was a lot of, you know, bumping and grinding. I like to say. I mean, they wasn't, you know, going too far, uh, but they were moving each other around a little bit. And um, you know, uh, Brian, you know, he made his way up through there, and I don't know if he made it. Might have upset a couple of them with the, uh, you know, the way he was running them. Uh, I don't know if the 99 was upset with him or not, um, because he there was some contact when they were sitting there racing each other before the 15 cleared the 99. Uh, after the 15 cleared the 99, I kind of took my eyes away from it, because you know the way the 15 was moving up, I thought he was going to pull away. So then I focused on another battle that was going on in the middle of the field where it was getting kind of rough, and I was kind of keeping an eye on that. Then the, the caution flag come out, the lights come on, which Brandon he has the authority you know, authority to throw the yellow and say caution if he sees something before the tower does. And he was looking that direction, and he threw the yellow. But, uh, you know, I turned around. The 15 was up against the outside. He didn't make contact with the wall, I don't believe. Uh, he rolled down the banking and went straight to the pits, um, went straight to his pit area. And, I, you know, being a race director, you kind of – you know, just like anyone else, first thing you kind of look to see if the spotter is going to give the uh, official and the spotter stand an earful, and also you kind of, you kind of, and also I look to see if their pit crew down there is throwing, you know, having a fit, jumping up and down, and maybe possibly making their way out of their pits to someone else's pit area. Right. Well, everything was very peaceful. Uh, so. I didn't know what happened. I honestly didn't. And, I, you know, I had someone up there, the backup, that was uh, backing me up Saturday night in the uh, tower. And I asked them, I said, did you see what happened? And they were like, no, I didn't see what happened. I missed that. And I'm like, well, I did too. And I said, so, you know, and sometimes, you know, you got to be totally honest and use common sense here. If, if nobody's raising cane or nobody's saying anything, then he either spun out or – whatever happened he's not too upset about i mean so we just moved on and you know uh i hated it for the 15 he had a heck of a run going but they were racing hard up there and you know i hate i missed that but you know uh we did talk after the race i did you know go right up to the millington crew and i did talk to him after the race Riggs and the 15 they talked it out before i got there they both agreed you know it's hard racing it's one of them deals where Lane caught him at the wrong time when he made contact with him in a matter of words, and, you know, Ryan really wasn't expected, and, you know, he spun the car out. I hated that. You know, it's racing. I mean, we can't be perfect in this deal, and <laughs> I didn't see that, and I'm glad they talked it out before I got down there and I wasn't put in the middle of something, but, hey, you know, like I said, I'm I'm big boy race director. Everybody knows me from race directing through the years. I'll, I'll come down and talk to you after race, and, if you know to, to make sure you know where we stand on something and um you know we talked it over with uh the ryan millington crew and uh, uh everything's fine there you go well appreciate your honesty and that's that's the best policy always i agree with you but um yeah that's uh that's a tough deal because uh, you know the folks watching it and and uh, other folks in the fans and in, in the you know other crew uh are looking at it you know wanting to know why this and why that so um, appreciate your honesty, and and that's that's the best policy. Um, and 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 you know that's you that's the things you described on what you're looking at. Man, that's a that's a veteran move. I say I don't even think about stuff like that. Uh, so that uh, yeah, that that gives you know folks that are burning up the um, the websites and the facebooks and the whatever you call them the the message boards. Um, maybe they're going to listen to this and give them something to think about. Because uh, that's a veteran move. Uh, that that's uh, man. That that really gives you something to think about, Danny. That's uh, that's outstanding. Great stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean that's just coming from experience. I mean being in different situations at different racetracks and different series and stuff. I mean, and plus being you know a racer spotter through the years. I mean I've I've done everything except promote a racetrack. I think which I don't think I'm gonna do anytime soon. I'm broke. But anyway, <laughs> you know just. Uh, you know, I mean, it's racing, and 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 if people think they can see everything from you know, uh, you know, it's like being a fan. If you're sitting in the stands watching turn one, and 
all of a sudden the caution comes out and there's a ten car pileup turn three, you don't know what happened either. Right. And you know, and so it, it's racing and sometimes you're on the good end of it, sometimes you're on the bad, but uh you, you have to just kinda get a uh, perspective of what's going on at the time as well, like I said, uh, you know, around you and uh if people are upset then, you know, if if that would have been the case, I would have probably took the time to walk downstairs and look at that replay. Right. But, you know, like I said, it was a hop and a skip. I mean, it wasn't next door to me like <laughs> right. it is at some venues. I mean, I, I was going to have to go down two flights of stairs, run across to the other side, and, and Take come a boat back. And, uh... It wasn't convenient. <laughs> you know, it wasn't convenient Saturday night. When you're at Hickory, it's not convenient. When right. I was at Ace last week, it was at the right beside of me. Right. So, you know, but uh, we had to use the old school method uh, last weekend. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's good enough, man. I appreciate that. That's that's good stuff. Um but uh, yeah, uh, did, uh, Derek did uh, catch up with uh, both drivers. Ryan did. He went straight over to Lane and uh, said, "Hey, dude, man, it's all good. That's just hard racing." Yeah, I mean, it was just it was some hard racing. You know, I was just upset. It was, you know, he'd been racing hard with everybody on the top for 70, right, 80 laps, graphic. just chopping everybody off. And I got to him and ran him off the track a little bit. You know, I saw what he'd been doing to everybody, and I just I knew what I had to do to get around him. So I did that, and I guess he just wasn't too happy with it. So you know, he drove in there, got into me, and. That late in the race, everything's just loose, it's hot, and uh, that little tap was a little too much, you know, and I just, I looped her around, but it is what it is, no hard feelings, it's just, it's part of racing, so we'll go back to the shop and work and uh, try to come back for the next one. And uh, and Lane, you know, he took responsibility, he said, yeah, it's my responsibility to um, uh, not spinning, uh, he said, you know, if I want to rub him and, and stuff like that, that's, you know, that's part of racing. And it was just hard racing. He took he took responsibility, and you know, here's what he had to say about it. Yeah, we were racing hard side by side. He cleared me, and I went down in the corner, and you know, it was my bad. I got into the back of him, and you know, unluckily he spun around. And you know, uh, I appreciate him coming down here, and we talked it out. And um, he said that we're good for the next race, and that was just hard racing. So I appreciate him being straight up about that. Um, yeah, t- tempers playing a lot at the end. Uh, very surprisingly, in my opinion, just really ill handling race car was was really good on the top side and it was really fun racing here at Hickory on the high side. And the car was just free from lap one so I was just trying to roll as much momentum as I could and uh, just trying to make all the passes I could early and keep that track position. Was there that much tension when you guys talked because it appeared like last week you guys raced each other nice and clean and gentlemen even hugged in victory lane and then tonight of course you get together. What did you guys talk about? Uh, he just came up and, and said you know that's racing and, and he didn't you know he hated it happen but and that's just racing and, and you know no hard feelings pretty much and you know i appreciate him that uh being a clean racer like that and being straight up with me for sure um respect him as a race car driver especially after this even when it was my responsibility to not get in the back of him and i did so um for him to come over to me after i wrecked him that that, that gave me gave some respect for sure and what i wanted to ask you danny uh on this situation is this a perfect situation where maybe lane could have went down to the start finish line did the old tap the roof thing he could, you know, if, if he felt like that was his fault, he could have. I mean, you know, but like I said, you know, I, I'll be very surprised if anybody ever does it. I mean, you know, you know, if I, you know, back in the day when I accidentally got in somebody, I, you know, if that rule would have been in effect, I wasn't going to man up to it and come down there and tap the roof and say, yep, I'll go to the rear. I did that. I mean, I mean. So you know, you'll be honest I, in the uh, race director's chair, but not in a driver's seat. That's right. That's right. You know, it's one of them deals. Did I do that? No, I didn't do that. You're wrong. But um, it, it's hard. I mean, yeah. it's hard sometimes to, you know, uh, be in those situations. But, yeah. you know, like I said, you know, it's racing. Robin's racing, and, and sometimes things happen. And you can tell, you know, on the uh, the broadcast, you know, the video that um, Ryan uh, Millington, he was, like, grinning and laughing. And uh, I guess, he, you know. He was. I mean, <laughs> He was, you know, and, and, uh, he was eating you know, it up, man. I'm, he loved it. Yeah, he, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, we're Ryan, you know, I've got to know, learn that family and get to know them over the last couple of years where they've raced with me some up at A Speedway uh, and, you know, when I'm race directing up there and with the Cars Tour. And, you know, you know, great family, great racing family. Ryan's a heck of a wheel man. Yeah. You know, he just, I hate he had bad luck Saturday night. Yeah, and um, when I was, um, uh, playing around as a announcer at Hickory, I think it was 1999. His dad raced late models, and you talking about? You think they're on a small budget now? When his dad raced, 
Uh, was, you talking about a shoestring budget, and he raced, and he worked, and he worked, and he worked. I remember that. And he finally won a race, and you talking about the whole stands came down to being the victory lane pitcher. Everybody was cheering for him, and it was so awesome, and I was so tickled for him. His dad is a super good guy, and it's so good to reconnect with him after all these years, and uh, he's a super good guy. So really glad to see his son out here doing, getting his race on and doing real well. So, uh, yeah, great family. So, uh, so yeah, that that uh, that incident uh, we got through that, and uh, you survived. You did good, Danny. I'm proud of you. Um, <laughs> um, Thanks, yeah, so, me too. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so now uh, we get to the part where uh, we have a late caution, and I know Corey was shaking in his shoes. That's uh, one of the thing he didn't want to see that late caution. And lo and behold, he chooses the bottom. Were you surprised? Well, you know, uh, I know he, he believes in his spotter and, uh, you know, uh, Lloyd, and they've got a very good relationship. No, not really. I guess they felt like that's where they need to be at that point of the race, mm-hmm. and they felt like that's where their best chance was with a late restart. I guess, you know, they it worked earlier on the outside, but I guess that, you know, they thought the inside was, was the place to be at that time. Yeah, and um, I asked him after the race, you know, I asked him uh, first, you know, hey, how about that uh, late caution? You know, how how what did that do to your heart? And he's like, oh my God, yeah. And um, and then I asked him, I said, was it a team decision or did you make the call? Yeah, um, I don't really know how the high side was changing throughout the race there, so I just wanted to kind of go with the groove that I knew worked on a race run there, and I've been running the bottom all night long, so with 14 to go, I mean, it's you know, you damned if you do, damned if you don't. And uh, fortunately enough, the bottom worked enough for me for just to, to, to get a gap into three and kind of set sail. So I mean, it was it was floating through my head whether well, I should choose the top, but I felt like if if you know, if I gave the 99 car the bottom, it might have just floated it down in there and tried to you know rub doors with me and feel like I had a better shot if I could have just driven away. So. And then that late caution, what did that do to your heart? Uh, definitely just scared me a good bit right there. I was very, very nervous on that restart because I know Lane's a very, you know, aggressive but clean race car driver, and he'll, he'll, you know, give me, he'll give it 100% no matter what. So, and I was just going to give him, you know, also 100% and just race him as hard as I could, and got lucky there with a, you know, car length gap going into three, and I set sail from there. Yeah, I was actually really surprised to see that high side uh, work as well as it did. I mean, I saw, as soon as Elaine, you know, drove by me there at lap like 25 or so, um, I just was like, wow, I mean, I didn't expect the high side to be that good. I thought most of the passes were going to be on the bottom, but, I mean, you know, Hickory is such an unpredictable racetrack, so you never know, man. And the high side really worked. I feel like I was just as good as Elaine up there, and then uh, I think the bottom was just a little bit better for saving tire, and I feel like that's where my speed at the end came from. Uh, you know, Lane was driving the top a lot, and I feel like that's kind of hard on your tires, but you never know. I mean, you could you could see this racetrack in the next five years to transition to a top racetrack, so you never know. Now, any worries from last week, you know, from the contact? Did you guys communicate or talk about that or any ill will? Uh, any thoughts about that? You know, did you consider that just hard racing from last week? Yeah, um, me, I mean, Lane was inside of me, man, and it's just kind of a racing deal. Um, you know, he's always raced me with a lot of respect, so, I mean, I've... You know, I know that was an accident. Even if it was his fault, I don't really feel like it was his fault. So um, there is no hard feelings at all. Then how about Gage Painter finishing second, coming on strong and passing cars on the high side, low side? That young man is exciting, man. He was, I, man, he was so funny in the post race. He was so excited. Um, you know, he just, you know, couldn't wait. He said, "Man, I, I just cruise and cruise and cruise, and then all of a sudden it's time to hit the button and let's go." Yeah, we uh, we struggled in qualifying, and my dad was like, "Just, it's all gonna be all right. You're gonna have good at the end." So we just, I waited it out. I saved my tires, and my dad said, "Go get them," and we went and got them. <laughs> Talk about coming through the field, because uh, you know the drivers and some of the crew talked about the. The tire was a little bit different. I mean, could you tell as a driver, as a race went on, was it different than what you experienced, you know, with late model stock car in the past? Yeah, you can tell it's a difference just, just from the different tour tire and then a hickory tire. I had a lot of drive there at the end, so I think I think it was pretty good. So what you're telling me, you had more left in the car? Yes, sir. <laughs> How about that, folks? It was great watching Gage, you know, there at the end come on strong and get his second place finish. I mean, you know, who knows what would have happened if uh, we'd had a late caution there after the last caution. It might, you know, it might have got interesting there because he, he had a really fast car there at the end. I think he would have gave Corey a run for his money because his car was good. Uh, Nolan Pope doing double duty. Um, had a top six finish in the super late model and finished third uh, after a top five finish last week at ace 
uh, in the late model stock car. Nolan Pope was all smiles. And uh, I think I was sitting down when we interviewed last week. I didn't really pay attention, but I was standing up this week. And I even had my um, my orthopedic shoes on. I gained two inches when I got my orthopedic shoes on. And, daggum, that's a tall kid. Did you notice how tall he is? That's a tall boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I look up to him every time. You know, yeah, he's, he's a lot taller than me, which I'm, you know, I'm short, I guess. I'm five seven and a half or something like that. But, yeah, Nolan, he's a tall boy. But, you know, two weeks in a row for that Lee Falk Racing team that they had a great showing, you know, with the late mile stock and with the super as well this yeah. week. Yeah, he was real excited in uh, in the post race and had a chance to talk with him. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a good two weeks. Uh, everybody at Lee Falk Racing just keeps bringing great race cars like they always do. It's uh, just keep the momentum on our side. Uh, two really good races, and uh, hopefully we just keep it going and try to run for a championship. Looks like the upper groove. These these tires really like the upper groove. What do you think? Yeah, um, I don't know. I didn't really want to go that fast that they were going in the beginning, and it, I think it paid off. I think they just kind of went too hard riding up there but uh we just kind of rode around the bottom all night and it paid off in the end another guy that hit the button there late after that uh, last caution was jared fryer uh did the same thing as he did last week uh, uh jumped up there from you know just outside the top 10 and jumped up there inside the top five uh just like last week at ace uh, did the same thing at hickory man and um uh, jared fryer man really smooth looking real good Another top five finish. Good job for Jerry Fryer. And uh, he was uh, really, really uh, thrilled back-to-back uh, -back top five finishes. I started a little too far back. Messed up in qualifying and it set us back. I knew we had a good race car. It's just a matter of getting in the race and getting going, you know what I mean? And uh, it definitely showed there at the end. I uh, was really good early on. I had to use up a little more tire maybe than I wanted to just to try to get by and just get the track position. And then at the end, man, I put it up on the top side and we rolled around there and uh, made a lot of passes there. And it was it was good. So. Uh, we had a really good race car. Talk about coming through the field. Any close calls, any beating and banging? Because for the most part, a lot of cars look pretty clean coming back, you know, off the, off the track after 150 laps. Oh, yeah, man. It's always hard racing with late mile stocks, man. It's tight racing. you got to get all you can. Um, had a little run into there off of two. I probably forced something that I shouldn't have, but, man, I'm trying to go for it, trying to get what I can there so we can get the track position and get to the front. So uh, that set us back a little bit, but it, it wasn't too bad. Uh, just can't thank my dad enough, man. He, he put a lot of hours in this race car. Uh, Jimmy Morin for uh, allowing us to build it and go racing, man. Helped a ton. Um, Brandon Risley, uh, Solid Rock Carriers, Ravon, uh, Marcus Richmond at RNS. Everybody at RNS, man, has been a huge help. So I uh, just can't thank them enough. They, they help us a lot. Yeah, Jared, I mean, that's two weeks in a row that he did the same thing there at the end, come on strong at the end and put himself in position for a top five finish, you know, third at ace, and then uh, got him a strong fourth place finish at Hickory Saturday night. I mean, if they can figure out what it's going to take to get them to the front sooner and have the finishing like they've had the last two weeks, he'll be in victory lane soon. Oh, yeah, I know his dad, uh, Mark. And uh, that crew, they will figure it out. It won't be long, and they will be pushing these guys. Uh, uh, if they qualify up front, yeah, uh, they will be dangerous, no doubt. All right, Lane Riggs uh, ended up fifth. Uh, Craig Moore uh, ended up sixth. Bobby McCarty fought his way to seventh. Brandon Pierce, I uh, didn't quite uh, talk about him much. Uh, he uh, wrestled an eighth-place finish. Drew Dollar uh, thought he'd be uh, in the hunt there for a while, but uh, he kind of just lingered around the bottom of the top ten. Connor Mosack, he was running up front there for a while. He qualified very well, but uh, kind of fell back there for a while. Um, I thought he might have led there for a while, but uh, maybe not. Um, but uh, Connor finished tenth at your top ten. Sam Butler uh, was running right there in the top five and ended up eleventh. But uh, really impressed with that young guy, uh, Deke McCaskill. Uh, thought that you know he didn't qualify all that well. Basically, qualified around the same spot as he did uh, when he qualified uh, when he won in what 2016 October 2016 from the 14th position. The only driver to win at Hickory in the Cars Tour that uh, has won that started outside the uh, stop uh, starting from the top five. So I uh, thought maybe he could pull it off again, but not to be. Deke finished 12th. Uh, Justin Johnson, man, that's a good-looking car he's got out there. They need to get some speed in that hot rod. Uh, finished 13th. Chad McCombie showed speed earlier, but dropped off to 14th. Trevor Ward, 15th. Adam Lemke, 16th. Tyler Williams, 17th. Ronald Hill, 18th. 
Jonathan Finley, 19th. Uh, Jonathan Schaefer, 20th. Jessica Kahn, 21st. Matt Cox, 22nd. Ryan Millington, 23rd. Dylan Hauser, a local racer there, had a good-looking race car um, out of Conley Springs. He uh, races both uh, um, Tri-County and uh, Hickory Motor Speedway, runs Limited and Late Model. Uh, pretty sharp young fella. Uh, good-looking race car. And Mini Tyrell, uh, we're going to have to do a... a uh, uh, sacrificial monkey or something um man uh nothing but bad luck the kid's fast the crew is good yeah, the crew chief i mean you remember um uh, brandon when he raced um top notch has raced for the best teams in late model stock throughout the history um nobody Absolutely. knows late models uh better than uh, brandon uh great team great family um just gotta get a little luck what do we got to do to get yeah. that feller some luck? I don't know. I mean, maybe I, a haircut. I, I saw the same thing. <laughs> I talked to him after the race, and I said, "Guys, I mean, it's got to turn around." Yeah. I mean, because the car was fast. I mean, yes, it he come back out after a a pit stop about I don't know halfway through, and the car was really fast before finally you know he expired yeah. and had to park it. Yep. So that'll wrap up this week's uh, post race recap of the Solid Rock Carriers Tour. Uh, with race director Danny Willard, the uh, Race Face Tailman 300 presented by Clower uh, Construction at the Hickory Motor Speedway. Uh, don't forget, uh, in a couple of weeks, right around the corner in July, 4th of July weekend in Jennerstown, and a little birdie told me that uh, Mr. Mark Garrow uh, might be keeping his word and going up to um, Jennerstown to do the broadcast with Tony. And I hope he does, because, man, those two, they really gel together. You know what? They they just sound so good together. And Tony, you know, he just, I don't know, they just really gelled so well together. I agree. Yeah, it was really good. And, and having Derek on pit road, man, that was a good broadcast. When I came back to watch it, take some notes, because um, I, uh, I was still kind of hurting a little bit. I wasn't near as bad as last as, uh, at Ace, but uh, I was able to move around. had Daniel with me, Redhead with me, so... Uh, we was able to get a whole lot more action than uh, than an ace, um, but um, man, we had a good time. That was some good action, and was able to capture and get a lot of good post race stuff. So, but um, Super Late Models Fourth of July Jennerstown Speedway Complex in Jennerstown, Pennsylvania, the Thomas Automotive American Freedom Three Hundred, and I think our uh, guys the the that are going up there to represent the Cars Tour. We'll be running 200 laps, and then I think uh, somebody else is running 100 laps. Is that how it is? That That's correct. That, that's correct. We're running 200, and the uh, CRA uh, will run 100 laps. There you go. All right, and then for the late model stocks will be the feature division. July 11th, Carteret County Speedway in Swansboro, North Carolina. They're on the beautiful coast of North Carolina. Um, the Crystal Coast 125 the late model stocks july 11th hopefully um our governor stupor will allow fans by the end um <laughs> yeah not, i really not, hope so fans are allowed at this awesome race coming up at uh, jennerstown speedway complex that is going to be a dandy oh my goodness that's my work weekend yay yay for me um but oh, uh, no. that's not good <laughs> Um. So plus it's Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, double whammy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's my holiday to work, and it's the weekend. So yay! But um, tickets are on sale. Um, go to carsracingtour.com. Check it out. If you want to go up there for the folks listening up in that area, and you're planning to go, fans are allowed. Um, so be sure and check out carsracingtour.com. And hopefully for the next late model stock car race at Carteret, they will allow fans. If not, you can pre-purchase. Go check out carstour.tv and pitrow.tv. Tony Stevens um, does a fantastic job. You can see some of his um, previous work. And Mark Garrow in the booth and Derek Pernasiglio, both professional broadcasters, uh, had absolute broadcast, uh, professional broadcast this past weekend at Hickory. Well, Danny... Uh, is there anything else uh, you'd like to add? 
No, I think we covered pretty much everything, you know. Uh, looking forward to the next one at Jennerstown. I think my buddy, uh, Chris Regal, might make a, an appearance. Uh, we'll just have to stay tuned. He might be back in the saddle uh, at Jennerstown. Uh, He's probably going to have a, gr- a grass skirt on and one of those uh, coconut drinks with an right. umbrella. He's probably going to be able to get yes. him to do much, you know what? Grass pom-poms, it's going to be awesome. I mean, we've got to make sure we get, you know, all the pictures and make sure we share with all. All right. So <laughs> with that, we bid you adieu, and thank you for checking out the uh, Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour post-race recap with uh, race director Danny Willard uh, for this past weekend's Race Face Telmed 300 presented by Clover Construction from the Hickory Motor Speedway. So until next time... We'll see you at the races. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.